and they're all doing different things. Some of them, it's just about, you know, we want to put our data warehouse in the cloud. Mm. Uh, others are, you know, we've built our data foundations. Now we want to start doing, you know, some really smart stuff. So, you know, use machine learning to extract insights from that data or, you know, now starting to use Gen AI to, uh, you know, to figure out better ways to use their data or to serve their customers. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT. Hey folks, greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Spain, and today we have Regan Murphy back on the show. How are you, Regan? I'm great, thanks, Paul. Good to be back. Yeah, look, it's been it's, it's been years. Uh, you were previously at Microsoft, you're now uh, at Snowflake. I think you were at Microsoft last time we spoke, or were you at Snowflake? Uh, no, I was at Microsoft. You were still at Microsoft. Uh, we were yeah, gearing up yeah. for one of the big Ignite conferences at the time. Yeah, that's right. Um, so maybe let us a little little intro to you know to folks on yeah what what you do, where you fit into the the big wide world of tech in New Zealand. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm, I'm currently working for Snowflake. Uh, I'm a technical salesperson there. Uh, I came into Snowflake when uh, Snowflake had a couple of customers in New Zealand. And with uh, my colleague Tony and uh, now many colleagues in Snowflake in New Zealand, uh, we've expanded that footprint out. We've got a, a lot of customers using our uh, cloud data platform now. So it's been a pretty exciting uh, last few years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, looking forward to uh, you know hearing a little bit about what's happening within Snowflake uh, later on during the show. But lots going on. We've got data breaches. We've got changes in the world of artificial intelligence uh, from some interesting steps from uh, Google through to what European uh, Union are up to with, with regulation, um, some quite fascinating uh, science as well, um, which maybe is going to lead to, um, I don't know, wooden screens on an next smartphone, <laughs> who, who knows what's coming, um, and, and a whole bunch more. Um, but before we jump in, huge thank you to our show partners, uh, to, uh, to 1NZ, uh, to Two Degrees, Spark, HP, and Gorilla Technology. Um, first up, a bit of a bit of a outage uh, at Auckland Airport. Um, not an ideal situation when you got people you know needing to come <laughs> or go from the country uh, and and get stuck because uh, you know technology systems are, are failing. So uh, yeah, we 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 heard. Um, over the weekend around uh, Auckland Airport passengers basically you know, dealing with, I guess you could say, more delays because there have been varying sort of delays uh, getting through <laughs> yep. Auckland Airport uh, in, in recent times with the advanced um, passenger uh, processing um, technology where they, they had an outage. And so basically you know, what was supposed to be automated in terms of looking at people's passports and, and so on was, uh, was all having to be done manually. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know what went wrong there. Um, and it wasn't just an Auckland airport system, was it? So, um, Yeah, that's right. But, but there are a lot of ways to, to cater and put redundancy in systems these days, especially with the cloud, much, much easier to do that. So it's kind of a shame that, that things went down for such a long time when, when they shouldn't have to. Yeah, um, I mean, at least they, yeah, they were able to keep going and, and um, you know, we don't know, t- you know too much of the, the – ins and outs and what what they could improve but certainly what what you hope is that uh yeah this sort of situation does lead to some some rethinking uh if, if they can deliver better results uh next time uh especially you know there's i guess there's a range of scenarios but 
Yeah, especially for those who spend a fair bit of time traveling and are trying mm. to get, you know, to or from families and, and, and the like. It's kind of, it wears you down getting caught caught in airports for too long, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had a few delays myself lately. Um, yeah, we had that that problem there. We've had uh, staff shortages from COVID. Um, was it yesterday that they had a air control fire, which meant that they were in air control from Christchurch instead? Uh, and that made me think, like, was it three, four Five years ago, there was a big outage in France because the air control went down and it turned out they were still running on Windows 95 or Windows 311 or, or something, you know, 40 years after they probably shouldn't be. So. Outdated technology, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We, we have to stay on top of those things. Now, now talking about you know, other technological problems, uh, Nissan have uh, have have experienced some uh, some some dramas and in fact if you go to the uh, nissan.co.nz website today and to the Australian one as well uh, this is the statement that they they released yesterday we are aware that customers in Australia and New Zealand are having tr- difficulties contacting us we're currently working to restore our systems and we will re-establish our customer support phone lines as soon as we can we're continuing to investigate the cyber incident and we will provide further updates as soon as possible. Um, interesting last line they add, we also want to reassure customers the outage will not adversely affect the credit rating of any of our Nissan Financial Services customers. That's kind of concerning, uh, really. It's like, oh, it's interesting you have to touch on credit rating. Well, yeah, it, so it makes like, you wonder what, what information is actually leaked yeah, um, if, yeah. it's, if it has that potential. Mm. And we had a, an incident not long ago where um, people's passports and, and you know, driver's license and things were, were leaked, which you know, potentially could be used to assume an identity and you know, get a credit card. Actually, probably not get a credit card because that's pretty damn hard these days. Um, but yeah, you, you could use somebody's documents to to impersonate them. So mm. you know, mm. uh, just a name and, and, and a phone number is probably not enough. So I wonder what else is, is part of that. Yeah, yeah, um, but a, you know, tough situation, and and you know, when when we look at these sorts of things, what it what it does for me is it, it you know, it brings into and I look, I know every organisation is susceptible. Nobody can you know can be perfect, but it it's just that extra little bit of you know doubt that you then have yeah. around a particular entity and organisation, and particularly in the in the world of. Um, you know, vehicles and transport and so on, where you know, more and more we're we're putting technology deep into our vehicles, yeah, and we're expecting vehicles to you know, actually navigate for us. And you know, I, I you know think of um, and a, are you a Tesla driver? No, no I'm not a okay. Tesla driver. Some reason no. I thought you might be. Um, but I, I, I did order one, but then I unordered it. Okay, okay, for, well, for whatever yeah. reasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess a lot in the tech world are, but you know, one of the things I, you know, I was noticing on, um, uh, yeah, journey the other day was just you know how within Tesla they they obviously keep a database mm. and it's and it probably is in their cloud. To be fair of some of your journey information. So when you jump in a, in a, in a vehicle and, you know, now I'm moving between, you know, two different, um, you know, vehicles, you've got this cloud profile, but that's sort of remembering where you go at different times. And so even if you haven't, you know, favorited at a particular destination, you know, yep. it's like, oh, Tuesday afternoon at this time, oh, you're, you're probably heading there. And, it, you know, it's in the list and other times where it's, it's pull, you know, pulling, uh, you know, your destination 
out of an appointment that's in your calendar that that you've chosen to give it access to. But yep. you know, more and more, we're gonna you know uh, be expecting our data to be you know kept you know well looked after and and kept private by uh, uh, by auto companies. <laughs> and so you know the, these sorts of things. Uh, and they're like, oh, if they, can't, they can't keep companies. these basic things right, then mm. yeah, that's that that becomes that becomes a problem. But it's not I easy. Mean, and as you say, it's not just auto. I mean, no, everybody so, has to so do this, yeah. so many people are getting more and more you know data on us, and so the impact of these things becomes bigger over time, doesn't it? Compared yep. to probably data breaches sort of five, ten years ago, there yeah. wasn't as much data. Yeah, not as much data, but um, yeah, it, it also was hard to use it or spread it or, or do whatever else, uh, especially with AI where it can um, yeah, take that information. What was I reading? Somebody the other day said that they could, using AI, scrape a whole lot of webs, stand up a, um, a new website, you know, go and spam all of the uh, search engines and hit number one uh, in a matter of, what was it, minutes or hours now. So wow. you know, if, if it can wow. do that just to, to put up a, a fake website, what can it do with personal information and, and so on? Yes, uh, so interesting times. So anyway, that's a bit of what's happening locally. Um, but there, there are things going on, you know, all the time on the global stage that you know have some some relevance uh, to New Zealand as well. And we've been reading about the uh, European Union regulations around artificial intelligence, and you know, we we often end up delving into the you know the role of legislation and and law as to how it sort of crosses over with technology helps and hinders and so on and you know when you look at 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 you know any 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 technology there's kind of good uses and bad uses be it, Absolutely. you know as simple as our our smartphones well you know most of us are just using that as as a you know as a very convenient tool to to have in our pockets but of course, you know criminals make use of those things too, right? And yeah. so, so it, it really is, you know, kind of across the board. Uh, but we, you know, we we do want to see legislation appropriately developed, and and that's a you know a topic that keeps coming up too, right? There's this sort of you know challenge that often that the the legislation comes so far behind, and and so it's like, well, you know, do we move to some sort of uh, legislative model that that um, you know draws from the lessons of sort of tech and startup world, and you know that's you know fast moving and iterative, and uh, has to be really. things get broken along the way and mistakes made, but but you know uh, continuous improvement is 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 applied, and it and it looks like you know what the European Union have. Uh, you know, have been doing there is is definitely a you know a, a, a yeah, reasonably sort of quick response to uh, to what we've seen compared to traditional sort of legislation where you don't see anything for for Absolutely. years and years, right? Yeah, well, they put something out there at least to, to start with. It might not be perfect yet, but as you said, you know, continuously reviewing it and improving it is is what's needed. And um, yeah, it's hard with uh, with a lot of technologies. To uh, you know, where do you draw the line between really helpful and really creepy? If you're if you're thinking about what it might know about you and what it can offer up, I mean, if I jump online and and um, you know, there's an ad that pops up in front of me. Um, sometimes it's awesome because it's exactly what I'm looking for. Mm. Other times you're, you're looking at it and thinking, well, what have I done that's made that pop up? And and should I really be, you know, letting all these things know this? So uh, yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, it's it's really it's really interesting. There, um, 
Um, yeah, they've sort of effectively what what the BBC has reported is that European Union officials have, you know, come to a, a provisional kind of a you know agreement on on what's being called the the world's first comprehensive um, yeah legislation that will regulate the use of artificial in, intelligence. Uh, and and you know there there will be you know time until it actually uh, you know is, is is voted on and 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 so on, and you've got you know UK you know um, United States China also all rushing to you know to get legislation mm. in in place. But there there is you know I think always a sort of flip side to so. You know, whilst I sort of talk up that hey, we've got to move at pace and so on, there's the sort of flip side of well, you know, when when you do that, what are the you know what are the unintended uh, consequences? And as yeah. you and I were chatting about it before the show, it came to mind that I'd I'd seen something come through on X from Edward Edward Snowden. Uh, she got forwarded forwarded to me because I don't don't have too much time to to keep a track on all these things. <laughs> Um, but what it what it was is some, and this is, seems to be a common thing in United States with legislation. Is a bill will go through with you know with a particular you know purpose, and then they tag on these other bills and you know bit, bits and pieces and and changes uh, at the same time, and it all just kind of gets pulled through, and the focus tends to be on the you know the main purpose of the legislation. And what what had been uh, what was being uh, highlighted by uh, by uh, Snowden, you know, who him, himself is what based in Russia uh, these days. He's uh, you know um, would, lost track would, actually. <laughs> would be uh, I th- I think would be you know would be uh, you know maybe locked up for the rest of his life if he were in the in the US. So you know you have to consider he's you know he he he's someone who himself has has you know uh, broken laws as a I guess as a as a whistleblower, but you know, actually, you know, I, I do you know find it interesting to follow you know some of the things coming through from uh, you know characters like Snowden, Kim dot com here in New Zealand. Yes, some of the things that they raise are like, uh, yeah, where are you, mate? You're uh, <laughs> you know uh, maybe on a on another planet and so on. Um, but but you know there are some interesting things and and the the comment was on this legislation that is apparently getting um, uh, about to get uh, voted on will will have quite a big impact on on privacy in the in the US you know potentially and al- allow the um, for, for the average consumer is it yeah I think you know it creates a position where spying you know by the government on you know, actual people from within that country, not sort of mm. the external uh, stuff. So, and and this is where uh, where Kim dot com sort of came into the discussion because here in New Zealand, you know, of course, um, we had the uh, the spy agency GCSB, you know, get in trouble. I think it was under under John Key's government because uh, they were spying on Kim dot com as a whatever he was in New Zealand resident or something, uh, which you yeah. know wasn't isn't not what they're <laughs> supposed to be doing, and so they they you know they break the broke the law doing that, and so this legislation from the the, the little bit that I you know that I read uh, that they're trying to pull through will change it from whereby the likes of the um, the the NSA. Uh, instead of having to go to sort of like, you know, just sort of some certain big players or, or, you know, there's a category that they can go to, 
to um to get approvals to, and yeah, things. to enable yeah. you know their spying to or to enable others to to facilitate you know spying yeah. and i think there's different levels of which it happens and and you know probably a lot of cases uh, there's a level of transparency but there are cases where they can go to uh, presumably the you know the big tech firms and mm. and say look you need to do this and you can't tell anybody that you're doing it uh, and this, but this new legislation means they can go to anybody that's kind of got anything to do with telecommunications. So should be could be a, an IT person that's configuring a router in somebody's home, and okay. then the, the NSA can say, well, you're involved in this, so we need you to do X, Y, Z, install some something or other on this router, or you know, and, but, and varying what, what other about a what about mix. a dishwasher repairman coming in? Uh, you know, IoT in the dishwasher these days. Well, that's that's an interesting <laughs> point, right? Like. You yeah. know, if this, if what I've read is, is you know, is accurate, and you know, it's very, I couldn't see a lot of coverage on it uh, on online. But you know, if it's accurate, then yeah, that that suggests somebody who's who's involved in in your technology that might be able to see or hear or uh, or yeah. or have access to to the data that crosses in and out of a home. Um, but then I've, I've got nothing to hide, so to I, why would I care? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, it's yeah, it's always yeah. quite it's, that simple. You it's, know? it's just yeah. like the uh, the EU AI thing. Uh, yeah, they're, they're putting in all these controls around you know, biometrics and, and using AI across public footage and things mm. um, to identify people. I mean, if you're not a, a criminal, you've got nothing to worry about. Unless maybe you get wrongly identified, the the AI misclassifies you or something like that, then yeah. then you're in, in a bit of trouble. So so it, it might apply to people even though they think it might not. Yeah, yeah, and I guess you know you have to you have to look at um, you know countries where where you know governments have have taken more liberties, uh, you know than than what we we would be comfortable with, mm. and and then well. Yeah, what you know? What does that look like? And I was I was reading around uh, North Korea uh, in in the last few days, and somebody that you know simply just wants to get a bit of a feel for for you know I guess life outside North Korea, and watching a TV series from South Korea, uh, you know, if you're found to have that on a USB or you're you know right. caught or somebody in your you know neighbourhood that you Swapped a you know a bit of content with or whatever dobs you in, um, you know then you get locked up for for years or off to prison camp or you know whatever it is. It was it was truly kind of horrifying. You know the things that obviously are, are norm for us in the West mm. are, are at this point a million miles away from what they are everywhere else. But it's like it's yeah. realizing well at some point they somehow. You know, uh, you know, transitioned into the into these sort of scenarios, and and you know, seems, we, seems we kind hope, of crazy on the, hope on that the none of that stuff will ever happen <laughs> in New Zealand. But yeah. when you read that stuff, it's like, oh, okay. And it, but it certainly, if nothing else, hopefully gives us a bit of you know empathy for you know for those that do come under these sort of hmm. uh, these sort of laws and and that that level of uh, that level of control. Um, so is the um, else. is the UK part of the uh, EU signatory on this AI piece? Um, I from what I've read, it sounds like the United Kingdom are, are doing their own their mm. own separate um, work. But they always, might well draw on it, right? But of course, yeah. yeah, it's a whole new world now that the Brexit's kind of happened. <laughs> they have to do their own 
Well, I'm your thinking because they're, they're talking about the biometric and and you know scanning footage and stuff, and and I quite often hear that the UK has got the most CCTV per capita of uh, any any Western place. So, you know, are they signing up for this? Uh, yeah. Or, or you know, how are they using their cameras? Yeah. And there was a well, big, yeah, big that, rigmarole here when 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 the police ran a trial on um, some CCTV stuff. Uh, it didn't go down well. No, well, and there's there, but there is a lot of you know. There's there's obviously you know just slowly and slowly more and more cameras, and and you know the UK is is you know I don't know where they are after China, but it kind of it, it looks like they're all they're at London's <laughs> almost uh, you know. Uh, a, a copycat of uh, you know of some parts of China in terms of how many cameras they have got. Wise, yeah. Uh, and and yeah, certainly when you know when I I wander around, you know, particularly in a, in a city, you know, more highly populated parts of New Zealand, the the amount of cameras is is kind of eye watering, and mm. uh, you don't necessarily know well, you know, what what what's happening with that data and what's the What's the whole picture? So, um, oh, yeah, you know. I, I pressed the button on a ring camera to get into the studio today. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we got we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got me well and truly yeah. got <laughs> down the yeah. old suburban streets are probably like that too these days. I'm sure we could do something with that biometrics <laughs> and then grab your phone when you're not looking and uh, <laughs> you know face ID into it. And <laughs> I know the the ring stuff. I remember seeing a setting. If you're in the states, there's a setting to join some neighborhood security thing, which feeds into the the, the, the police. Network somewhere as well. Yeah, I um, think they got into a spot of bother with that at, uh, at 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 one at one point because maybe they were auto enrolling people and <laughs> giving police a bit uh, a bit too much data and so on. So I, I don't know where that stuff has uh, has landed, but yeah, all mm. of these things are you know are, are worth at least you know keeping keeping our eye on from from time to time, right? So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, Google's video for, for Gemini <laughs> last week, when that came out, you saw it, I saw it, one of the teams sort of showed it to me. It was like, this is incredible. Look how fast it is. Look at the just mind-blowing responses. There's a whole other step forward, right? And it was like, wow, this is this is, this is is such an incredible, you know, step forward. And, you know, and he was kind of asking, well, you know, what do you think about it? And I was like, well, you know, because Google were, you know, really they're putting some – some some data out say look these are our numbers we're way better than than um, OpenAI's yeah. uh, GPT four and and most areas yeah we don't quite beat it in every area but you know look how good we are and you know and the the demo was amazing and I sort of made the comment like eh, kind of looks to me like what they've done <laughs> in this demo video like you could probably use the the GPT four APIs to actually program something up that would you know, take frames out of a video every few seconds and then, you know, that would kind of be, you know, the input push, and push that could through. come together yeah. into some sort of a, you know, conversation and then you could just get it to voice it back to you. It, it doesn't mm. seem that hard, right? Yeah. Um, he was like, no, 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 this is amazing. <laughs> and then anyway, I did an interview for um, Sky News, uh, I, I think they're based in Sydney, um over over zoom around it and they had me and i think you know one of one or two other people sort of you know contributing to to the story around around gemini uh and it wasn't until um the next morning i think you know they they pinged me um you know the, um uh, the the video from um from it had been on their i think on their breakfast breakfast news maybe it was thursday morning sky yeah Breakfast news or whatever they whatever they call their morning their morning news and um, it was like oh okay and then then I saw 
the stuff starting to come through uh, on on X or somewhere online. I think yeah. X is probably where I saw it saw it first. Was oh the video was faked. <laughs> I was like, what? You got to be kidding! Uh, and and apparently, you know, Google had been semi transparent and that they had you know they made a statement somewhere to sort of say that it was. It was kind it was of kind of contrived, dumb, yeah. but it wasn't clear when you watched the video yeah. that you weren't watching something that was that was real. It had been edited together to to you know look like it was real. Yeah, and um, marketing spin. You know, we, we've seen those sorts of things before. In fact, you mentioned before the show, like, oh, if you go back ten years, there's probably a similar video of Microsoft showing off some you know some artificial intelligence stuff. But we kind of knew yeah. that was. That was a futurist view. That, yeah. that was that was what we, you know, Microsoft well, was, might might expect to be around in a decade or so, right? Whereas yeah. this was this was kind of like this is our new thing that we're showing yeah. off, and you know, you there wasn't a kind of a big thing saying, oh, you know, we we kind of you know edited this together out of, and then when you read it, it was like, oh yeah, we did take the stills. It was pretty yeah. much not far off my suggestion of how you put it together. <laughs> of like, yeah. oh, that's really like, cheeky. To, to be fair, the, the, like um, they actually got the answers and, and they did it. They just hmm. didn't go about it the way they did. So yeah. it wasn't an, an easy talk to a video. Uh, you know, it just happens. There was somebody you know typing in the background, I guess. But um, it's not far of a leap, I guess, to actually get to that stage. But yeah. it's just a bit disappointing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and for those that haven't seen it, um, you know, it is worth, it's worth having a look. And, yeah, it might be a taste of what's actually possible with somebody spending a day or a week just, just coding something because it, it doesn't look like sort of rocket rocket science to to some degree. But the the use of generative AI kind of looking at the imagery and, and then, you know, interpreting that is is pretty sort of standard fare today. But the way yeah. it was strung together did make it look like, oh, sort of like the next thing yep. uh, after the... I guess the chat interface that that mm. is really what made uh, you know OpenAI famous because the, and the, accessible you know, too, right? Yeah, yeah. To, to everyone because it was available. People were programming it and, mm. and using it before ChatGPT came out. But as soon as they made that uh, chat interface, that yeah. sort of trans- transformed things. It put it in the hands of the everyday person, right? I mean, there's many people I know that are using ChatGPT to you know, help them with their jobs, do do things, copywriting, so on. Um, and it's really easy to do. You don't have to have a tech degree to, to figure it out. Yep. And I, I mean, I'll use it if I'm, you know, I'm driving in the car now that you can use sort of voice input and and, yeah. and so on. That's not quite as slick as it could be, but it's pretty close. So I've, you know, maybe been in a meeting while I'm in the car or a call and I need to, you know, fill in a little sort of data before my next thing. It's like, oh, rather than have to wait and sit down and browse the web and so on, you can... You just ask ChatGPT to yeah. uh, you know figure something out while you while you're getting from A to B. It's pretty handy. And the, the the thing I really love about that kind of technology is is you can ask it. It might not get it quite right, but but then you can kind of continue asking to uh, you know to get towards the answer that you're looking for. So mm. you, know, you don't have to take the first thing that comes back. You can you can give it some more context and get it closer to the correct answer, which um, you know, is, is something that we haven't really been able to do before. Um, so there's more coming around um, Gemini. I mean, haven't actually played with it yet, and so on. So, um, so I'll I'll just say that I've you know I've agreed to a, um, an NDA with uh, with Google 
on something, but for all I know, it's something very minor that means uh, nothing. But <laughs> there, 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 you know, I'm sure we can expect there to be iteration anyway. So, um, so yeah. we will we will see what I can uh, what else I can find out from uh, from Google over the next uh, next little while. Mm. Now, one other topic before we we you know hear from you, um, you know, a little bit on on what's happening in the world of Snowflake was there's some coverage online around scientists making transparent wood and i just thought this this is you know it was quite fascinating actually i saw an article i think it was maybe i don't know maybe it was last week around it was a it was a leaf that was completely see-through and you know you know when it, when you know if you leave a leaf outside yeah, and it sort of, you know yeah. slowly deteriorates and you can kind of see, see the skeleton it. really of it and, and yeah, yeah and see through it but this was just a leaf that they and i can't remember what what the process was, but it basically taken all of the color out, so it was just you know a leaf that you could mm. see see through, like you know like a bit of glass or, or see through plastic, uh, and and the the um, the particular uh, coverage on the see through uh, wood, which is in um, Ars Technica, uh, was delving into you know why scientists are, are making uh, you know transparent wood. And you know, it seems like you know some of these ideas have been you know been around for sort of yeah, you know, new, thirty right? odd yeah. years, right? So, yeah, not new, but um, yeah, just kind of I don't know triggered all sorts of <laughs> thoughts. What you know, what what sort of jumped out for you? The, the very first thing that jumped out for me was why. I mean, why transparent wood? We've got glass, we've got um, plastic, we've got all these other transparent things. Yeah. Why, why do we need wood? Mm. Uh, but you know, digging in a little bit deeper, uh, the, I mean. One of the things is the you know, the renewability. Uh, you know, is it going to be better for the environment? Um, hopefully so. Uh, but then when you think about wood versus glass and plastic, the, the state in the article that you know, wood has better insulating properties and energy efficiency. So mm. you know, if we can make our windows out of wood that you can see through, then you know, maybe your house is going to burn less energy. So yeah, it sounds like maybe it is a good thing. But mm. yeah, as I said, the first thing I thought was why. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, and and look, looking at the yeah the image that was in in that article, it's it didn't look as sort of transparent as glass. But mm. yeah, certainly it sort of triggers all sorts of thoughts. Yeah, where where can it go? That the home scenario is a good one. Yeah. But you know, is it something that becomes you know part of our gadgets? And then it's like, well, if you can you know if you can have a wooden screen for instance or mm. you know whatever it is you know i don't know if your cameras can be <laughs> behind a bit of wood and you know what else can be you know to be made that's that's actually going to deteriorate better and and so on and you know does that mm. sort of simplify uh, how we recycle devices and so on yeah. in the future and i'm not sure that might that might be that might be completely silly and ridiculous uh, Let you, it say you, smart you, windows out of wood, case, right? So yeah. <laughs> in that case, I think they mentioned just you know making them turn purple or something like the um, you know, like the the Dreamliner windows do on yes. a plane. Yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe maybe instead of um, installing a TV screen or something, maybe your whole wall could be a TV screen one day. There you go. Um, yeah. Even yeah. though you know, we tend to watch so much stuff on our mobiles these days, <laughs> so they seem to be shrinking, not expanding. But yeah, yeah, sounds um, cool. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, all sorts of possibilities, and you know, we've seen. I think it was BMW have done a few of the demos of. Where, where they're using e-ink on yep. uh, on the exterior of some vehicles and started out with black and white that looked pretty cool and then yeah. they started to go with some you know color color panel you know color options so you can actually then change the 
the design and the whole, you know, look of a vehicle. Uh, Maybe the wood panel station wagon's going to come back into yeah. fashion. <laughs> <laughs> so who knows? Yeah, all sorts of things are, are possible, right? But um, yeah, really, really fascinating. Anyway, just to you know, to see some of these these advances and uh, and changes with science and technology. Um, so yeah, time to delve a little bit into what's uh, what's happening in the world of Snowflake. Um, yeah. Maybe to, sort of to start with, you know, what is what does Snowflake do, and you know who are the who are the sorts of people that are, um, you know, that are using your your technology? Yeah, so uh, Snowflake is a data cloud. Uh, we are a data platform where you can store structured, semi-structured JSON, XML, um, and unstructured PDFs and Word documents. You can you can put it all into one place, and then you can run analytics or um, machine learning or uh, GenAI against the data that's stored there. Yep. Uh, we're, we're across multiple clouds, so we're, we're on Azure, we're on AWS, we're on Google Cloud. Um, so you know, if, if you're using Snowflake, it's the same on all of those cloud vendors. So yep. you, know, you, you can you can be on one or you can be on both. You can be on all three if mm. you like, which is which is kind of nice in this area where you, you don't have to be aligned to one cloud vendor. You can pick something that, that goes across a lot of them. Um, but essentially, it's a store. It's around storing the data, but storing it securely. Um, which is very important these days, especially when you talk about you know, the, the leaks of, of data and so on. Um, so storing it securely, but then making it uh, able to be used for things like AI and Gen AI, um, deep analytics and so on as well. And so, you know, I guess the, the vendors like, you know, Microsoft and AWS and so on, you know, they're, they're all, you know, they're all sort of playing in, a, in, in these sorts of areas. Yeah. Um, what are the, what have been the sort of things that have really, um, you know, drawn people to, to snow, to snow to Snowflake, Snowflake specifically? So, uh, yeah, Snowflake started, um, must be 12, 13, 14 years ago now. Yep, yep. Uh, the, the, the founders came out of Oracle. They were kind of deep in the bowels of performance tuning. It was kind of when AWS Cloud was kicking off. Mm. And they looked at it and they thought, this cloud, you know, we have a chance to, to use the elasticity of the cloud. So, you know, yep. unlimited compute, unlimited storage. So how do we build something that can just be cloud native that can take advantage of that. So they figured that, you know, we can't take a product that's running on tin in, in, your, um, in your premises and then put it in the cloud because it just won't scale. So they, they went to the drawing boards, they built something from scratch mm. uh, and it natively uses the, you know, the way the cloud is built. So you can load as much data in your like, as you can use as much compute as you like and you can scale from little tiny workloads like uh, somebody in New Zealand can up to the, you know, the really, really big organizations across the world in one platform and you can do it easily. Uh, and then of course, because you can do it on any of the clouds because they've mm. got a similar sort of makeup that makes it really flexible too. Yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty helpful. And so in, in New Zealand, you were mentioning uh, to me that there, you had a, an event, a sort of conference type thing. Um, when was that? How recently was that? You mentioned there were like thousand people there. Yeah, so it's a, so, it's a big um, event. It's a big event. Yeah, so uh, you know, four or five years ago, there were only you know, a couple of organisations using Snowflake in New Zealand. So yeah, we had an event at the at the Pullman in September, um, our, part of our Data Cloud World Tour. Um, New Zealand was really lucky. We we got a stop on that tour event twice now, two years in a row. Uh, last year we had I don't know six, seven, eight hundred people at it. This year even more again. Um, which is huge for a data and analytics event for for a single vendor, mm. uh, but it just kind of shows you know, the, the the scale of, uh, of of you know people that are involved in data and analytics in, in New Zealand and also in the Snowflake side of that as well. Yeah, yeah, 
And so, you know, when you look at that kind of um, uh, that group, you know, group of people that are leveraging and utilizing your your technology, are there are particular things that sort of you know stand out around around those that are, that are your customers here. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we've got customers in you know, all the different segments, um, you know, from from small um, primary producers um, through to big tech companies, you know, banking and insurance and healthcare institutions. Um, you know, all across the the, the, the scope, there the the platform itself you know, works really well mm. uh, in in all of those industries. But uh, you know, at that at the um, at the conference, we had you know representatives from all of those industries there, and they're all doing different things. Some of them, it's just about you know we want to put our data warehouse in the cloud. Mm. Uh, others are you know we've built our data foundations. Now we want to start doing you know some really smart stuff. So. You know, use machine learning to extract insights from that data, or you know, now starting to use Gen AI to uh, you know, to figure out better ways to use their data or to serve their customers and so on. Mm. So, looking at the, I guess the different use cases and the things that that you see from talking to uh, customers, from those that are you know at the cutting edge to those that are you know maybe uh, you know a, a fair way behind <laughs> the eight yeah. ball. What would you what would you say kind of the, you know the the biggest learnings and sort of biggest opportunities for organisations to you know to do better in terms of taking advantage of you know the 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 data maybe that they're collecting today as well as the the broader data sets that they might have access to. Yeah, so I mean, one of the things about collecting data is that you you continue to collect it and it grows bigger and bigger the more you do, especially with you know IoT and, and technologies. Um, not all data is going to be valuable, but there's a lot of really valuable data in there. And in the old days, it was just about you know getting your sales and and doing profit and loss reports. Um, you know, of more recent years, it's you know taking um, logs from your customer contact center and figuring out what the sentiment is across you know um, you know what the wait times are for queues, and then mm. optimizing the you know the customer experience there. Or um, you know if you're a retailer. Um, you know, how do we predict the demand for a product before it happens so that we make sure we've got enough supply of that in, in our store for, for when it's about to happen? And um, you can't just go on what happened last year. You know, you've got to think about things like weather, um, you know, events that are going on, um, you know, where people are going with um, you know, what's interesting to them, and, and, and they all influence buying decisions. So, um, you know, th- there's a lot you can do with data to, to figure out these things. And you know, going from balance sheets to you know make sure I've got enough coffee in my store here because there's a you know, there's a marathon and there's a sports event and everything else. So there's now thirty thousand more people in, in in this area right now. We want to make sure that we've got staff and, and stock and everything to cater for that. Yeah, so I guess there's, yeah, there's that that opportunity probably for every single organisation to be you know, just getting getting smarter about where where they leverage. Uh, you know, yep. data and and that they're really tapping into to things in a in a way that you know helps helps their customers helps them and every you know everybody wins when you get this stuff right. On yep. the flip side, if you don't get it right, you don't secure it well. Then uh, you well, know yeah. that that creates all of its <laughs> own sorts of challenges and pain, right? And and that's where you know a platform like Snowflake comes in. Uh, one of our core focuses on on security. Um, you can't turn security off on the platform. Uh, we've got uh, we, we've announced a, a brand name around our, our security, which is and governance, which is Horizon. Um, but you can secure things down to you know, columns and rows of data. 
you can create nice rules to say you know, th these people here can see this, but they can't see uh, driver's licenses or um, date of births because they don't need to. Mm -hmm. So it means that you can start giving access to your people to the data, but protect the data that they don't need to see using you know, the, the rules that you can build uh, inside the platform. So um, whereas in the past it's just like all or nothing, now you can start to actually safely surface that data within your organisation without you know, surfacing too much. Yeah, yeah, so, so important. That's great. Um, anything else that you want to, wanted to add before we, uh, before we wrap up, Regan? Anything we missed? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that most of our, our customers on Snowflake uh, see is, uh, is the, the, the cloud gives them the ability to store the data that they might not have kept before because mm. cloud storage is, is really, really cheap. Uh, and because with Snowflake you can keep the, the storage costs separate from the compute costs, you can load as much data as you like. And if you're not doing anything with that data, it's, it's only costing you the, the cheap cloud storage. Um, and, and then just because you've got that scalability of the cloud, you can, you, you can process all that data you know, really, really fast. You can throw GNAI on it. You can do things like that um, a lot more easily with the cloud. Mm. And these days, cloud being consumption-based, you know, if you want to do something, you can spin something up, run it, and then turn it off. And, and um, you, know, you can experiment, which is, which is really cool. Um, you couldn't really do that when when you had things running on prem in the past. Yeah, and and look, it is it's so important that we we encourage that sort of experimentation, right? With yeah. with with technology and and with sort of the possibilities. Uh, and so, yeah, whatever we can do that that makes that easier. Uh, that becomes that becomes super helpful. And one other thing is, you know, we're, we're talking about Gen AI. We're talking about um, you know Gemini. We're talking about all those sort of things. Uh, Chat GPT made it really accessible for the average user to go in and ask questions, get results back. Yeah, um, that's a public-facing model. You don't generally want to, you know, have your business users put their, you know, proprietary data into a public-facing model for, you know, because it's potentially going to train that model and yeah, you could yeah. have your data leak out. Yeah. Um. So these days, organisations are, are wanting to do that, but they're wanting to do it securely. So. Um, you know, that, that's where putting your data inside of something like Snowflake, um, where everything is secured, you can control, um, you know, where that data sits and where it goes. Um, you're hooking that into, you know, either, you know, the likes of an open AI where you've got a, um, a service which keeps your data secure mm, and you can tap mm. out into. Yep, yep. Um, or whether you start to use some of the, the, the functions that Snowflake's building in for that Gen AI where you absolutely know it's not going to leave your, your place. Um, that then gives the companies, uh, the organisations, you know, the, the the confidence that their data is not going to you know, leak off and, and train somebody else's model. Yeah, I think it's 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 important that organisations, you know, keep keep moving forward on this because with access to you know an increasing number of generative AI you know um, tools and, and technologies, then yeah, if there's if there's not something being you know uh, you know formally offered, then yeah, potentially people are taking data that you don't want uh, to be going outside of the organisation yeah. and, and and dropping them into into varying inappropriate sort of locations <laughs> and yeah. and and repositories. So uh, yeah, it's it's a, you know key to to front foot these things as much as you can. And, and the AIs are only really as good as the data that they're trained on, but you mm. don't want your data training. You know, the AI that your competitors are going to access to. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. so, you know, so being able to bring these models, being able to fine-tune them with your own data and do so securely is, is of utmost importance. And yeah. um, and that's, you know, that's kind of front of what we're working on at Snowflake. Yeah. Oh, that's great. 
Well, really good to really good to catch up, Regan. Uh, yeah. yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, thanks for now, me. if anyone wants to connect, what's the best way to uh, to get in touch? Yeah, as you uh, said, uh, X is, is one of those ways, so people yeah. can hit me up on on X. They can also just hit me up directly. Look for me on LinkedIn, Regan yep. Snowflake. It's pretty easy to find me. Yeah. If you search for Regan Murphy, you might find Eddie Murphy comes up. Oh, funnily, oh okay. Funnily enough, his middle name's Regan. So. Oh, that's funny. I did <laughs> no, not that's know not me. that. <laughs> okay, so a bit of bit of a um, yeah a, a sidetrack uh, <laughs> angle you can take while you're searching online a bit of entertainment. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd hate good. to think what comes out of a Gen AI if you ask for for a picture. Of Regan Murphy. Uh, <laughs> oh, might not be me. We could try, we could try <laughs> some experiments. They might not be pretty. <laughs> no, that's that's good. Well, yeah, thanks for joining us and uh, thanks everyone for listening in. Of course, a big thank you to our show partners, to Gorilla Technology, 1NZ, HP, Spark and 2 Degrees. Uh, and if you've been watching the, uh, the live stream online, uh, then of course you can find us and, and follow through whatever your favourite audio app is, uh, the likes of Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, and if you're listening to the the audio podcast, most of our listeners, then uh, yeah, well worth uh, following. So you do catch the live streams as they uh, as they happen as well. You can follow myself, Paul Spain, on LinkedIn for those. Um, also across on YouTube, uh, Facebook, and X. All right, thanks everyone. We'll catch you next week. See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.